Chapter 19 of Gypsy the Talking Dog, a story for young folks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gillian Hendry. Gypsy the Talking Dog, a story for young folks by Tudor Jenks. Chapter 19 The Battle in the Woods. After the attacking party had returned to their homes, Chris, of course, went straight to bed, and it was high time, for it was half-past midnight. But in the morning, which luckily was Saturday, and I don't know what they would have done if it had been a school day, for Helen positively couldn't have waited another minute to hear about it. In the morning, at breakfast, Helen began on Chris before she began on her toast, and she always took toast before she took anything else. "'Oh, Chris,' she said, "'did you get him?' "'Did we get him?' he repeated in a scornful, big-brotherish sort of tone. "'Do you see me alive, sister dear? Or did I leave my mortal frame on the field of carnage? Did we get him, indeed?' "'Now, Chris,' said Helen, "'it isn't declamation day. You stop your boy-on-the-burning-deck talk, and let me know all about it. Please do, Chris.' "'Listen, me sister, and you shall hear of the midnight fight of your brother, dear,' Chris began whereupon Helen pretended she was about to throw a biscuit at him, and he stopped. "'Honest and true, Helen, it was great, and I am just dying to tell you all about it. But I am going to leave out all the first part and get right to the real exciting part. You know how Galopoff came for me, and how I rode away on his back? Well, when we got there, I took a little snooze to prepare me for the fray, and about ten or half-past we set out, Galopoff and his master, Bruno and myself.' I rode on Galopoff at his invitation, and it was bully. The others walked. When we were almost there, they all stopped, and Galopoff put on the funniest rig you ever saw, a suit of horse pyjamas. And then when he reared up and walked on his hind legs, he looked like, well, all possessed. It would make a cow laugh to see him. It made me. What was that for? Helen asked. You'll see, Chris answered. He liked to tell stories in his own way. Then the Russian prince cut a big stick with a knob on the end, and we went on, going through the woods like a lot of fellows going to hook apples. I went first, because I had to shear around to one side, so as to take the enemy in the rear. You see, Helen, the pony had told us Gypsy was chained up in one of the wagons, and it was my proud privilege to set him free. "'How are you going to cut the chain?' asked Helen. "'That shows,' said Chris, "'that you have a big head.' Do you know, none of us thought about that. I suppose we thought that he would be fastened only by a snap-hook. And was he? answered Helen, delighted to be praised. If the audience, Chris remarked, will keep their seats and refrain from interrupting the lecturer, they will be informed of all points of importance in due course of time. Chris, do go on, cried Helen. As you will, me gracious Quivine. I sheared off, as I have told you, and went on a circumbendibus route. Meanwhile, the cavalry, Galopoff, the artillery, and the rest of the forces advanced in good order. I got to the wagon all right, all right, and there was Gypsy wagging his stumpum tailum, fit to shake himself, and dancing about like a new girl at dancing school. His chain rattled, and I was afraid they would hear him. Meanwhile, I had raised the signal for the attack by hooting like an owl, and then, and thereupon, Galopoff raised that voice of his, and emitted a howl that he must have invented for the occasion. It made my flesh creep, and I was ready for it too. 
It woke the echoes, the gypsies, the watchdog, and everything else. Then the fun began. The gypsies jumped out. They have the untidy but convenient habit of sleeping in their clothes, and so they were all ready. Every one of them seemed to have a stick, too. They sprang to their feet and tried to find out what had happened. The only one that seemed to keep his senses was their big black dog. He showed fight, but as he came forward, Bruno fell on him like a cartload of bricks, and at it they went. It would have been worth seeing, except there wasn't time to look at it, for just then Galopoff appeared walking on his hind legs, with his big foolscap hat on, looking like nothing anybody ever saw. Gypsy was scared, but I said, Hush, it's only Galopoff in white clothes, and he kept quiet. Goodness, Helen exclaimed, did it frighten the gypsies? I should remark, said Chris. They just howled. But the oldest one was game. He drew a pistol, and though his hand shook, he tried to fire it. But just then the Russian came on a run, and sent the pistol flying with his cudgel. The other gypsies had taken to their heels, and we could hear them crashing through the woods, and bumping their heads into branches and other hard objects. And what were you doing? Helen asked. I admit that for a little while I was watching the rumpus. Chris replied, and then, suddenly remembering that Galopoff, our general, expected every man to do his duty, I turned my attention to the chain question. I tried to find the hook, but there was no hook. I found the chain fastened with a little padlock. I was scared then, for I didn't see exactly how I was going to carry off dog and wagon and all. At length, Gypsy, seeing my trouble, asked me coolly, Have you a knife? And I replied, Yes, but you can't cut steel with a knife. Then he said, But you can cut leather with a knife. Why don't you cut my collar? And then my great intellect saw the point, and taking out my trusty jackknife, I slit the leather, and the dog was free. He jumped out of the wagon, and we joined our victorious forces, or all but one. <gasps> I hope no one was hurt, Helen asked anxiously. No, the missing battalion was that of General Bruno. He had put the big watchdog to an ignominious flight and was chasing him into the next county. The rest of us were all present or accounted for, and Gypsy was jumping about us all, and wriggling and whining, the happiest thing you ever see. Chris, Helen objected, that isn't grammar. It is poetry, said Chris, like Shakespeare. He and I have a grammar of our own. Where was I? Oh, yes. Well, Galopoff was trying to get rid of his costume, and Gypsy almost smothered himself in the folds of it, trying to help. After a while, the pony jumped out of the ruins of his pyjamas. I got on his back with Gypsy in my arms, and a retreat was ordered, without awaiting the return of General Bruno. I don't know whether he is back yet, and I'm sure those Gypsies will not be back for a week. But Chris, Helen objected, after she had clapped her hands with delight over the glorious news, what is to prevent those men from hanging around here and stealing Gypsy some other time? That shows the wisdom of our commander, the celebrated General Galopoff. If he hadn't scared the thieves, they would never have rested until they had the dog again. But now they don't know what it was that sent them flying, and probably they will be only too glad to get away with their lives. And where is Gypsy? Helen asked. He went home with Galopoff, and the pony said that he would bring him over this morning. Let's finish our breakfast and go out, so that we can see him coming. A few more buckwheat cakes, and they were done, and betook themselves to the lawn, where there was a sort of rustic house. 
Here they sat and waited, with their eyes on the road that led from their house to that of the Russian prince. "'Sister Helen, Sister Helen, can you see anything coming?' Christopher asked several times, and at last Helen jumped up and cried, "'Yes, I do, and I think, I, I'm sure, it is Galopoff, with Gypsy riding on his back.' Both the children went tumbling out. Galopoff broke into a gallop and came sweeping over the lawn with a rush, and Gypsy gave a flying leap from the pony's back, and landed in Christopher's arms. Then there was a joyful time. When they were quiet again, Galopoff spoke. Do you know, Gypsy, he asked, that your last leap was a very clever performance? It seems to me you show real talent. You would do very well as a circus dog. But I don't care to be a circus dog, said Gypsy. I want to keep quiet at home. I'm glad I went to find my master, but I am ever so glad to be at home again. Oh, by the way, said Chris, have you heard anything of Bruno? Met him on our way, Galopoff replied. He told us that except the one with the clipped French poodle, it was the best fight he had ever had. End of chapter 19